Hey, 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 this is Teresa from HBH Project and the podcast, and it's been a while. <laughs> um, a lot of things going on, a lot of difficulties and challenges this year, um, as many of you know, with the protests and the police brutality and COVID and just chaos and wildness. Um, there's been a big gap on the episodes that I've put up and I've been holding on to this interview for a while now, just really finding the space to be able to release it and share it with you all and just to take care of myself, which has been the biggest thing I've been doing this year is just taking care of me and working through some things. And so that is for another episode, but just wanted to give you a quick a quick summary as to why I've been MIA, but without further ado, I had the pleasure of interviewing AJ Skeen, um, and he is a childhood friend and a professional badass dancer, and so we really dive into talking about his journey, um, what his journey was as a professional dancer, um, starting up in Springfield, what that looked like, things that he's learned, things that he's struggled with. And so we dive in and just talk about a lot of different things. So uh, stay tuned and take a listen. And as always, I appreciate you guys for taking the time to to uh, listen to my interviews and uh, for being there supporting me. Thank you. How's it going? Good. How are great. you? I am great. <laughs> On this lovely Thursday. Lovely throwback Thursday. That is true. It's been what? Like... I don't know the last time I saw you. Um, I think it was. Was it the wedding? Were you? You were at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think You're it was. Going off your dance floor. Yeah. The dance floor. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Where I live. <laughs> um, um. So this is Blarina. She's from home too. I don't know if you know Blarina. She went to the uh, wedding. She was my date. Oh, oh, okay. at AJ's wedding. Yeah, this yeah. was he was. Weren't you wearing a black, a black? Suit? I was wearing an all black suit, black on black, and I had uh, I had another white girl with me. Wait, you were the dancer. You was the yeah. dancer. Yes, <laughs> I was the dancer. <laughs> Actually, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think remember you, now. Oh B, weren't you like? Oh, does he dance? I think you had asked me. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, okay. Well, hi, I'm Lorena. Hey, nice to meet. Nice to see you again. Not meet you again. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. Awesome. We so, are here. Yeah, we are here. So B's gonna be here for a little bit. She she has to step out. This was out, like a really short notice. Yeah. She just called me like ten minutes ago, literally. I was like, hey, <laughs> do you want to hop on? <laughs> <laughs> want to have fun? You want to talk some shit? Hey, fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> we do. Oh, gee. Well, I'm actually, I'm very appreciative of uh, uh, you guys for having me on here. And, you know, this is going to be cool. I, I I don't do too many interviews. So, like, this is actually really, really dope for me. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I honestly, thank you so much for taking the time. And, oh, of course. Um, I know we've tried to connect here and there, and it just hasn't happened. So I appreciate yeah. seeing your face. Yeah. And <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Of course. Got to show love for the home team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got to uh, show love for the home team. Especially how when did I you get guys get connected? 
Yeah. How did you uh, guys end up getting connected? Like when we when we became friends? No, I mean like now for the interview. Oh, she hit me on Instagram and I was driving Lyft, so I didn't get the message until later. Because I got done and then I started creating. I was like doing the little T-Pain songwriting challenge <laughs> just now. What? That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm constantly creating. Constantly. Right? So, all right. Well, it's on and off. It's just when I feel it. So, yeah. you know, I decided to, I, I literally just saw it on TikTok and was just like, you know what? Maybe I should try and write something. So, I just went for it. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, Raisa, do you want to take a lead? You got this? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do an introduction <laughs> really quick. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast, um, and I'm super awkward, so embrace it, AJ. You haven't seen it, me in a minute. It's perfectly fine. I'm <laughs> awkward as hell, too, so this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm <laughs> excited for this. Yeah. It's about to be a lot of fun. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah so just a quick intro this podcast is for my nonprofit, our nonprofit organization it's called healing broken hearts project and okay. the whole premise is to create a positive environment that uh influences people to kind of make a positive difference within themselves within the community they're in to um really inspire people to pursue their dreams and their passions and um just kind of step out and create community in a tribe uh, with all the events that we host in the podcast episodes. So uh, the purpose of this year's podcast is to highlight people who are pursuing their dreams. Um, I think that we live in a culture that um, has a very specific view of what pursuing your dream looks like, what um, work looks like you know like it's this whole idea of like oh you're supposed to work a nine to five or you're supposed to do something that you don't necessarily like so I really wanted to take the time to talk to people who are doing amazing things who are doing things that they love and just talk about their journey on where they started um, the struggles along the way where they're at now and what they hope to pursue down the road uh, in hopes of inspiring listeners um, who might be pursuing a similar interest or who might be afraid to uh, pursue their passion. And um, yeah, I just want to show people that they can do it, whatever nice. that looks like, whatever that means. So um, awesome. Like, yeah. I love it. I, I love <laughs> it. So <laughs> this is because this is what I do dance wise, like yeah. the exact same thing. So I love the whole, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so yeah, so just to start off, let us, so we have Blarina here, um, who is also part of our Healing Broken Hearts organization. Um, and then Raisa, that's me, and, um, and AJ. So just do a little, a little intro and um, uh -huh. bring us back to, to where you are, where you're from and all right. Um, I'm bringing me back to AIM, A ASL. Um, <laughs> uh, my name's AJ Skeen. Um, I go actually by AJ now. Uh, my real name's Alan Skeen Jr. I was born in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, I started dancing professionally at the age of 19. Um, really, I started dancing when I was six back in Springfield, but I just kind of didn't really do much with it until high school and then jumped into it in college and then it kind of took over and that became my career so that's kind of the the gist of me I'm just a, a small 
small city guy who ended up finding a passion that was really amazing and and it kind of took over my life and helped me do some really amazing things and opened my eyes to the world. So I just want to share that and give everybody a a, a, a sense of, of reality within the entertainment industry as well as a sense of um, uh, and inspiration. I want to be an inspiration to people to to really live their lives to the to the best potential that they have, no matter what they do. That's amazing. That's really awesome. I think it's it's really inspiring to see people who have that passion in their heart to see others succeed and to see others um kind of step out of their fear so it's just cool to know because i always like you know having grown up with you and i mean i think the last i saw you was um our mutual friends wedding and then before that i remember having seen you at some event that you had performed like back in the day like in college um it was like some dance I which one that was. <laughs> yeah it was it was some like dance battle event and i ended up showing up um yeah. but for was, me, was it in Springfield? Where was it? Yeah, it was in Springfield. It was, I think it was at AIC. <laughs> it was one of the colleges. I think oh it was my AIC. God, I remember yeah. that. You remember that? Yo, I remember that. Holy crap. Yo, you know, the that was a crazy event. And you know what's really weird and uh, crazy about that event is a lot of those people that were involved in that are still dancing and live out here as well. There are actually other, like, Springfield dancers that were a part of that that production that we all kind of like on our own accord went and did our thing and then ended up in LA. It's kind of, it's weird. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually insane. Like how we all kind of just came together. Actually one lives next door to me. I'm supposed to be meeting up with her in a little bit to actually go over some choreography uh, for a team that I'm choreographing for. Um, and uh, it's, 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 beautiful the way that kind of we all flourished in our own way and then kind of all now we work together to kind of make more for it you know and it's 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 just crazy (laughs) what are the odds of that happening like you know what from massachusetts (laughs) yeah right all the way back to la I found that there are a lot more entertainers and a lot more people that are from Springfield that we don't realize are from Springfield because people get out, but they don't, they don't speak it, you know? And it's not like we have any major celebrity who's up there, who's speaking it out. You feel me? <laughs> and, and, but it, it, it's, it's there, you know? And I, th- I feel like a lot, I don't feel like people are ashamed of it. It's just, it's easier to claim somewhere else if you got your, you know, your thoughts from there versus, you know, knowing that you're from this place and then doing it. But I mean, there are a lot that do. DJ Mars, I don't know if y'all know who DJ Mars is, but I did a uh, tour with Monica. Um, and Mo- Monica, Monica, like, yeah. <laughs> just one of them days. I did a tour with her back in 2018 at the top of that year. And DJ Mars actually is from Springfield. He moved to Atlanta. He's another one that, that was like, he's in the generation before us, like, and he's a huge dj i would have never known but i ended up on that tour and we just connected and i was like oh my god and then there's another big choreographer who actually goes by aj as well it's akamon jones he's phenomenal and he lived in forest park and i was like 
what? <laughs> you live in Forest Park? I never knew who you were, and you lived in Forest Park, and then moved to Atlanta, and then you became a choreographer, and you're, like, killing everything? Like, how did I not know about you? It's just a lot of times, like, we fly under the radar. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and uh, so... How is it for you having started in Springfield? Like, was that hard for you to kind of pursue your desire to want to dance? How was it, um, like, was it hard to find opportunity, inspiration? Um, I guess to answer this, I have to go through my my track, <laughs> like, how I got into it. Um, yeah, yeah, tell us. I, um, my, my, I, I call her my aunt because she's like my mom's sister. Uh, she's really just one of my mom's best friends. Um, at the time, she ran Studio Kim's Dance Land. And I was uh, introduced to Kim's Dance Land at the age of six. I trained in that studio in hip hop and gymnastics on and off. I was just being a silly little kid. I just needed somewhere to put my energy because I had way too much, as you know, because I was running around high school like the chicken my head cut off <laughs> but um I just had way too much energy as a kid so my mom was throwing me in anything she could throw me at basketball whatever so she threw me in dance classes I learned from there um and I kind of caught a passion from it but didn't really understand it you know I was a typical boy I wanted to do sports I wanted to do other things so I left it alone came back to it when you got served came out uh somebody asked me to audition for something and um I basically was just just fell in love with it after that um after I found out you know what I could do with it because I had no clue yeah. And um, the biggest thing I found as far as coming from Springfield and, you know, trying to pursue it officially was that, you know, I understood that the talent that we had in Springfield, if somebody had come up to me and be like, hey, look, you look like you're good enough to go on tour with an usher or somebody like or like I think it was a Sierra audition. I think it was a, it was a Sierra or not even a Sierra audition. She was just going to be somewhere. But they were like, yo, you should audition for this. And I was like, how does that work? I don't even know what this is, because uh, a lot of times the smaller studios, they don't really know as far as the commercial dance industry, how to introduce that as a business. So I just wanted us to learn. And, and gather that. So it wasn't that I found it hard. It's just there was no real outlet because people didn't know. They just didn't have the knowledge of the commercial dance industry. So from there, when I graduated SciTech, um, oh, I moved to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> so I got into Clark Atlanta. And that's kind of how I it took off, you know? So it wasn't really difficult. It was more so just like a learning experience throughout my whole high school uh, career and then from there I kind of just took it and ran with it and tried to learn as much as I possibly could and soak up as much as I could about what being a professional dancer was and how I could do that and at least make a decent living you know mm -hmm. yeah and so when you made the decision to pursue your passion, how did those like your loved ones and your friends respond to that? Were they supportive or were they a little apprehensive? They thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. My family, my family thought I was nuts. Everybody was like, you know, you can do this for now, but you're going to need a real job and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, still to this day, they kind of like 
push a little bit of that mm -hmm. um, at me. I think just the lack of understanding of what the commercial industry is and how that works, um, but also the understanding that it is a cutthroat business, period. The music industry in general, uh, entertainment industry in general is a very cutthroat, very like, you, you have to you have to follow a certain track very very not specific track but very um hard and well planned and well um oiled track to get the success that a lot of people get you know not a lot of people uh are fortunate enough to do the things that i've done however at the same time i just believed in myself enough to be like you know, screw what you're saying, you know, because y'all taught me to be, you know, to, to understand that I can do whatever I put my mind to anyway. So if y'all believed in me in that way, I'm going to believe in myself. And because I know my talent at this point, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. What made you choose Atlanta instead of L.A. when you first moved out? Um, I chose Atlanta because it was closer to Florida, honestly. Um, okay. I, I wanted to move to Florida when I graduated high school, honestly. Um. I, I just I had a lot going on in Massachusetts and I had already, you know, by senior year was like ready to like go somewhere else. And uh, I hated cold. I hated snow. I hated everything. <laughs> so I was like, I need to go somewhere warm. And then um, when I caught the entertainment bug, as as my aunt would call it, um, Kim Norrington, shout out to Kim. Um, as she would call it, when I caught the bug, the entertainment bug, I, you know, I was looking for places where I could actually sing because I sing as well, where I could expand on my, you know, vocal abilities as well as my dance abilities, kind of become an artist, you know, because I grew up watching Michael and Usher and everybody, and I, I wanted to be that initially, um, and still kind of do want to do some artistry, but um, I wanted to move to Florida. I had applied for FAMU and uh, Clark Atlanta and uh, Winston-Salem, all black schools, HBCUs. And I ended up getting into Winston-Salem and CAU and um, FAM. I actually, they, they lost my information. They lost my transcripts and stuff. So I, uh, I was just like, well, I already got accepted to Clark and Clark is where, you know, it's right in the middle of AUC. It was, uh, you know, Morehouse and Spelman are on the same campus as Clark Atlanta, uh, as well as um, Morris Brown. So all the schools that were in Stomp the Yard and Drumline, like, they're all literally right in that little hub right there. And so I was just like, well, that's perfect. Like, I get to go be where they shot everything. You know, they hadn't shot uh, Stomp the Yard yet, but Drumline, they had already, you know, introduced. So that was already a thing. Then I... I I was just like, you know what, I might as well go there. You know, at least I have the industry. You know, Outcast had just blown up. Uh, this is right around the time when um, Cherish had just introduced the Lean With It Rock with it. Um, mm -hmm. the, the Snap, the, the uh, that thing. <laughs> um, they had just introduced that, like right when I got there. So it's, Atlanta was just booming and it just made sense. Yeah. So that's I, awesome I though, to have the courage to just get up and go not many people have that so i admire you for doing that <laughs> you. <laughs> you know it, Seriously. it comes with it comes with uh, also i can't say that it just was me i mean i was i really wanted to leave uh, i wanted to get out the house um i had a lot going on at home 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that also kind of influenced me to, to, to push me out because I just didn't want to be um, around the family. And I understood also that like I just had a different mentality than how the rest of everybody else was. I was kind of the, the oddball. I was the oldest of all the great-grandchildren that my uh, my great-grandmother had. So I was kind of, I kind of knew I had to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I didn't want any of my, you know, my younger cousins and my, my younger brother, Andre, to, to really look at life and think that they couldn't do something, you know? Um, you know, again, my family, you know, pretty much told me I could do whatever I put my mind to. And so for me, it was like, excuse me knowing I have family like all over the U.S. knowing that like we we used to take summer trips to Orlando and all kinds of stuff like traveling was never a thing and I had already kind of did kind of the dormitory thing at basketball camp and Mm -hmm. you know stay with my uncle uh, at one point in Orlando like it was kind of just second nature for me to be like you know I need to just go and do my own thing you know so anyone who wants to move out just understand it's gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true so um I wanted to ask how long have you been pursuing dancing or how long have you been a dancer how long has your career been um professionally my career has been since 2007 so that's almost 13 years wow (laughs) (laughs) and the reason I asked that because I wanted to ask in those 13 years even before you were um professionally a dancer what were some ups and downs that you faced throughout your journey um the ups and downs that I faced the ups and downs I faced then are the ups and downs I still face now um I feel like it is a it's 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 a constant entrepreneurial venture, mm-hmm. um, and that's something I didn't quite understand fully when I first started professionally dancing. Okay. Um, this this is a this is a like you work for yourself. You are your own business. You are your own everything. You're an independent contractor unless you are working for a specific company. And even then, like, they they contract you for this little bit of time. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's three days. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's, you know, the whole year. And then after that, it's done. You know, that's that's maybe the max contract you might get into is a couple years. And then after that, you got to figure out your next thing. So it's constant work. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I struggled with mentally because um, I came from a family who they worked, you know, kind of nine to five life. That's how Springfield was. It's like everybody grows up. You go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you work for whatever said company and you move up the ranks in that. And that's what you do. Um, and that's all I knew um, coming into the dance world. Um, I thought once you got on with an artist, that was it. You just were on, <laughs> you know, like you did the tours, you were a part of the team and then bam, they put you on payroll and you go. And that's not how the dance industry works. Um, so that's one of the biggest struggles that I've had. Um, what other struggles? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, to gauge all of them. <laughs> because <laughs> there's so many different little things little things that change how life is mm-hmm. for the average person than the entertainer and i get the catch in between mm-hmm. you know you feel me like i i'm not 
the big artist, the A-list, you know, celebrity, but I'm not like the the the, the E-list celebrity either. Like I get to come to the party and be a part of this person's entourage and then at the same time be completely incognito. Like nobody knows who I am. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword sometimes. Like you're just constantly like, oh my God, like what's going on here? Um, that can be a little rough at times because sometimes you'll, you know, if you allow that to get ahead of you, mm. that can, you know, taint your view of, you know, wh where you're at and where you're going. Um, struggles. Training. Training was a big thing because I wasn't like that great of a dancer growing up, to be honest. I, um, I really started training seriously when I left Massachusetts. I, I mean, I was good. I'm not going to say, like, I was trash or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you were dope. You were dope. <laughs> you know, we were a solid group. Byron Ice was really good, okay? So this is the group that we had in high school. That, all of us were really, really good. And I don't think we knew what we had. And I, the other thing about it that I realized in the process of that, too, is, like, the people who, who make it in this entertainment industry are the people who outwork people, not the people who are, like, the most talented. Mm -hmm. And that's across the board in entertainment. Like, the most talented singer might not make it. And y'all see this all the time on, like, uh, what's the name? The Voice and, oh, yeah. um, you know, American Idol. Like, the most talented singer might not be the person who wins. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Just because mm -hmm. it's not just about who's the most talented, who's got the charisma, who's got the flavor, who, who has everything that's going on. So I realize it's like the harder you work at becoming a better entertainer and making yourself look more presentable and marketable, the better that you will have a chance to, you know, do what you really love to do. So I just worked at that, you know, and it just all came together. Yeah, um what other struggles? What other struggles? Uh ooh, hold on one second. Okay, I'm back. From out of space. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> oh, you sucked. I was ready. <laughs> I told you I'm not saying now. Here we go. <laughs> Um, let's see. What are some highlights? What are some like memorable moments or like moments where you're like, wow, like just so grateful that you're doing something you love that you're just filled with awe and emotion? Um, there's so many. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a roller coaster kind of career. So mm -hmm. when I say there's so many, there literally are so many like really highs and then like rock bottoms. Um, uh, and I, I could have expanded on the rock bottoms a little bit more last time, but it's all good. Um, this is your thing. You could, you do, you take a step <laughs> back, go for it, do what you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with the highlights. Okay. Now. <laughs> All right. Lows or low. Highlights. Um, big moments. I think one. The first big moment was moving to Atlanta and then finding the studio I found. Um, a studio called Gotta Dance Atlanta, and that was. I was on a high there because I finally found people who really like saw me and 
were willing to mentor me in a way that I hadn't been mentored before. I saw professionals working and doing what this industry was. And I was just like, I want to do that. And they took me in. So that was like a really big high. Um, my first dance gig uh, that really was like a big staple was Lloyd. Uh, like get a shoddy Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> I did um, promo tour with him in 2008. Um, and it was just like spot days. We would fly in and out of Atlanta uh, to different places. Um, shout out to Stephen Jones. He put me on. He's pretty much the reason why I I, I got to the place I've gotten. Him and Quincy Lamar, they kind of just beat me into everything. Really, the whole studio got a dance. I was working as a work steady at that studio. And they were they were instructors there, and they pretty much put me in the program and shaped me and molded me into this kind of chameleon of a dancer. Because um, I had my way of dancing. I was very like Omarion and Chris Brown, Usher. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that was just, you know, smooth and I was like chill and, you know, that was my vibe. But they opened me up to the rest of what hip hop could be, which then opened me up to every other style of dance. Um, and I trained my butt off there. Um, so that was, that was the next kind of big high. Um, the next big highlight um doing America's Best Dance Crew. That was um, fun. That was that was an experience. We had auditioned like five times and you know getting that audition and that final one was great. You know, we didn't make it that far, but just being on the show was such a huge learning experience. And um I loved every moment of it. Um up until we kind of disbanded as a crew. Yeah. Uh we had some you know, differences of opinions. But, you know, it happens. Um, and then doing Step Up Revolution, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, that was, that, it, like, I, we, I stayed three months in Miami um, on a sofa bed. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I would, like, the, lo- the, the place that I had to stay, because they booked me as a local, um, the place that I had to stay was a little far. So I ended up staying with, an, with a friend who was also booked on the job. Yeah. And that was that was it was just really great being right on South Beach for three months shooting a movie. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, what else? Moving to LA, crazy. Um, I think okay. Here's two of the biggest moments for me: booking the Ariana Grande tour. Yeah, that was probably like the one of the biggest staples of my career is is that's the first world tour I had ever gotten. And that opened me up to the world, not just like the United States and not just like the mentality that I had had. It opened me up to a whole broader spectrum of worldview um, because I got to go to the 22 different countries. Um, I got to perform in front of um, almost 100,000 people at a time <laughs> which was insane it was it was mind-blowing trying to get on that stage and perform and keep my head together but you know I did it because I was I had been doing it for a while so it was like yeah. kind of second nature but kind of like oh my god this is a lot of people <laughs> yeah yeah literally, literally like the most like the the most the biggest adrenaline rush ever um so there was that you know and shout out to that team like they're they're amazing they the ariana is such a sweetheart and then um dancing for chris brown that 
is freaking and you know to this day I, I just did a show in Saudi with them and it just it never fails to be an amazing an amazing experience being on stage with that man because mm-hmm. the energy is I've never felt that kind of energy on stage mm-hmm. with any other artist mm-hmm. um it's 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 crazy like you can feel him on the other side of the stage like going off yeah and that like the first time I did um I did a gig with him was 2014 and that was um what's his name the Soul Train Awards that was his comeback kind of sorta it was his return and he did um a medley and we did New Flame and Loyal and I remember when we got to New Flame everything turned all the way up and it was insane and just every time I get on stage with him it's just it's it's hard to explain because I get to be the best version of myself but also I get to like just jam and like have so much energy and and help create his vibe I think that's the dopest thing about it is is we are an extension of him so the more energy we give him the more energy he has and then it just blows up you know yeah that's really amazing I think um one of the things I've always admired um, about you is your passion to pursue what you love, but also remaining humble. I mean, seeing, you know, I keep in contact with you probably like just through Instagram and um, messages here and there, but just to know that, you know, because it's, it's easy to get caught up in in the the image in the world in the industry you know um Mm -hmm. and so just to be able to see you navigate that to not only talk about the highlights that you've gone through but also um how do i put it but but you're just real you're authentic there at least you know (laughs) Um, i I mean i hope (laughs) i hope that's how i come across um i just i just find it i i I find that this industry has a way of turning people into these monsters Mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily mean to become Mm -hmm. and from jump i've always just wanted to be I, I've, I've been in a journey to find myself mm-hmm. i think that's that's one of the biggest points i can make about dance in my life I, there was a lot of things i was doing you remember i was i was on the golf team yeah yeah <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was on the golf team i was um <laughs> i was uh, doing computer science i was like in the choir Mm -hmm. I was the complete opposite person of who I started to become when I left Springfield. And the biggest lesson from doing all of that that I learned was, you know, when I was younger, I was trying to be somebody for other people. Mm. You know, I was, and I think that's why I didn't get the results I wanted. I wasn't as popular as I wanted to be because I I was really insecure about that. And I wanted to be more popular than I was. I wanted to be bigger than I, I was. And I didn't know why. And it wasn't a thing of like, oh, I just, I, I just wanted people to like me. That's it, yeah. you know? And, but I didn't have a sense of self. I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was following too much. And so when I started becoming a dancer, that was the first thing that I ever did that was strictly for me. Like 
everybody advised against it. Nobody wanted me to do it. Nobody wanted, like, everybody was just like, what, you're going to be a professional dancer, but you can do this, you can do that. They were trying to give me plan Bs. You know, that's why I went to college. I didn't, I, I should have quit after the first year, but I, I tried to stick it out because, you know, everybody was telling me, yo, you need a plan B, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I, the whole time it should have just been plan A because what I realized is that once I became the truest version of myself, I could influence other people to do that because I, the happiness that I have ups, downs, doesn't matter, means more to me than, you know, any amount of money or any little comfort I could have, you know, doing whatever, you know, I, I you know, I, I could be a computer science, I could have stuck with computer science and worked, you know, behind a desk and whatever, but I, I just wouldn't have been happy at the time. You know, I love working on computers. I love, you know, programming. That's still something that I kind of do every so often. I love graphic design. I still do that for myself in my business now. Um, I love marketing. I still do that for myself now. Um, but all the things that I did in college, I didn't want to do for other people. I wanted to do dance and I wanted to figure out how to make that work. And so I just was like, I can't. I can't ignore this feeling anymore because I want to be happy. And uh, that's the biggest thing I can say is just, it's, it's all about being happy. And, you know, I think that that creates the, um, the vibe that I give off. It's like, I just want everybody to be the happiest version of themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, so I did, did you have a question, B? I was gonna I was gonna ask you when you first moved out to LA was it difficult forming relationships over there with other people um it was different I wouldn't say difficult um reason being I of course had already been out of the house for about seven years um I moved to Atlanta in 2005 moved to LA in 2013 so I had already been through the industry a bit and understood that there were a lot of people who were just going to come and go and it wasn't going to be anything. On top of that, um, what I realized, too, is a lot of my friends that were in Atlanta, like the Steve-O, Stephen Jones, he had moved to L.A. too to pursue the rest of his career already. Um, Terrence Green, he's actually one of the one of, was one of the leads on the Step Up uh what's the name the, the step up series on youtube he was actually one of the leads i had met him in atlanta he had already moved out to la like a lot of people that i knew already were out there so it was kind of a simpler and easier transition because i had my dance family already there you know i was uh, you know when i moved i moved with 500 dollars in my pocket and uh, was sleeping on couches for the first three four months you know yeah. um so uh, and that goes with the struggles <laughs> mm -hmm. i um you know I, I i literally like picked up and you know just was like screw it i have to pursue the rest of my career because i've already done these big things and i'm i'm not doing anything now and i need to get back out there um and on top of all the dance family i had from atlanta i also had the dance family i had started to create doing step up um, and that really was a big thing because these dancers that did Step Up Revolution were some of the top dancers in the industry. Like uh, Twitch from, um, he's on the Ellen Show. He's the DJ on the Ellen Show right now. He was yeah. part of that. I, we got really cool when I did that. Um, Tide Eyes, he's the leader of the Crump movement. 
Uh, Misha Gabriel, I still work with him to this day. Uh, he danced for Michael. He's choreographed for Justin Timberlake, uh, a bunch of other people. He used to dance for Marion. Uh, he, he's, he's like, and he's my age. He was doing that all before I was doing it, and he's my age. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, but, like, I had that connection with him. And then, yeah, yeah. You know, Ryan Guzman, Tony Bellissimo. Like, these are all people I still work with to this day because I had created that connection with them there, and we all just kept going and kept running. And, you know, they were the ones who kind of influenced me to move out to L.A. They were like, look, dude, you, you're good, you know? Yeah. I'll never forget the first day I walked into rehearsal and was just like holy crap, I'm with everybody that I ever wanted to dance with. And they looked at me like, who the heck is this little, this guy from Atlanta who's just walking in and is nasty. And it was it was a weird, like, connect. Like, like we both were looking at each other like, what? And then eventually, as things went, we both, we all connected, and that created the vibe out in L.A. So it wasn't, the, the tough part wasn't creating relationships. It was more so gathering how to live in LA because LA is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so what are some things that you do to just take care of yourself, you know, to maintain, you know, because sometimes you're traveling all the time, you know, sometimes you, you have to hustle, you know, you're doing, I mean, we didn't talk about this yet, but you have classes um, you run classes, and then you dance at events, you um, are promoting yourself, um, and while all these highs and lows are taking place, maintaining friendships, relationships, so mm -hmm. how do you take care of this thing? Um, it's, it's a really hard balance. Yeah. Um, I honestly can say it's, it's, it's very difficult, and it's, it, it gets emotional a lot, especially for me, because I'm a Libra, <laughs> so I wear my heart on my sleeve. No. And I'm always the balance scale, like, guys, we all can be great, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we're all good. Fine, guys. Everything is good. Yeah. That's me all the time. So, <laughs> to the fault. So, um, but it's just, um, how do I explain it? it it's, it's rough in its spots. But it, it's it, the daily life for me is, is teaching. Mm -hmm. It's driving Lyft. Um, and a lot of people don't realize this too. Like a lot of entertainers, we're out here hustling like everybody else is. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, you know, it's not just, it's not glitz and glamour like what you would think it is, even though like we're dancing background for all these artists and whatnot. Like, yeah, that lasts for a while, but sometimes a lot of times what happens is you dance for this artist and you do this year or two months or a week or whatever, you'll do whatever job it is and you'll get paid this really nice check because, you know, dancing for artists is really awesome. But then at the end of that, you have to find another job. So being that freelancer, you have to constantly be on top of creating relationships with new choreographers and other dancers and creating constantly and, and making yourself an asset to multiple teams so that you can be chosen uh, above the, the rest of the people who are begging for jobs because there's so many dancers out here, you know? Yeah. There's so many people who are taking all of these choreographers' classes and... Um, putting up their own material, especially it's, it's now it's 2020. I, like when I started, it wasn't a thing like that. You know, we were just putting it up for fun on YouTube. Now it's, you know, you have to have an Instagram page and you have to have all this stuff. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a constant, um, 
it's it's a constant whirlwind i feel like of balance that needs to be held between your personal life and and spreading yourself out enough to to be uh on a job at all times you know because you know there, there never needs to be a moment where you're not making money and I, what i had to learn in the process of that was just you know when i'm not on a job it's okay to be you know um you know to drive lift it's okay to get a you know a part-time job and or a full-time job somewhere for the time being until the next gig comes up uh once you create the relationships you can do that you know early on in my career i was just running around like a chick with my head cut off trying to dance for everybody <laughs> you know but eventually, it, like, you have to learn at some point, like, it's okay that you missed that audition. It's okay that you missed this opportunity because what's meant for you will be for you, you know? Well said. I like that. I like that. I feel like I got off track a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I Came mean... <laughs> and we're back. Um, no, I think I think you explained it so well because I think in our in our pursuit of life... It happens so often that we have this image and idea of how things are supposed to be, right? They're supposed to fall within this frame, within this box, within this track. And anything outside of that creates stress. And, you know, some people get really anxious or depressed or, you know, they just go through their low. And it's nice to hear you speak about the reality of life and and letting people who are hearing understand that it is okay. It's okay to to navigate um your life while you pursue your passion in so many different ways it doesn't need to look a certain way and um exactly and you know like to me i just don't like when i see artists out here trying to put on this front and this mm -hmm. this facade whether mm -hmm. they're working in music or working in dance or any part of the entertainment industry i don't like the facade that a lot of a lot of people try to put on, you know, because at the end of the day, you do end up making yourself a product, and that's mm -hmm. perfectly fine. But that facade sometimes can lead you down a road to where you lose yourself so bad that you just you you completely lose your love for what made you do this in the first place. Yeah. And I have had my moments and my bouts with that just yeah. because I've gotten lost in trying to be this big dancer or trying to, you know, stay on this job or appease these people because, you know, I know I'm dope, but why don't these people think I'm dope enough to do this job? Not realizing, hey, you just didn't have enough hair. <laughs> you know, like your eye color was wrong or you were the wrong skin tone. Like stuff like that is what dancers get rejected for on a regular basis, you know? And I have to talk to a lot of the people that I mentor a lot uh, about like you know owning your worth as a dancer and as a person for yourself because you have to find that value for yourself and hold on to it with an iron grip because otherwise the, the industry will eat you up and spit you out you know if you don't know who you are and and understand the balance of learning how to grow and what you need to take from an experience and what you don't need to take from an experience it's it's gonna beat you down to the point where you're not gonna love it anymore you know and so you have to gauge that and that's a difficult thing to do you know yeah i love i love how you said that because i was uh, blurring and i were actually talking about this how whether it's a relationship or uh work or whatever it may be it's so important for people to take the time to get to know who they are. And like you were mentioning, I think a strength in, in knowing who you are is when you've solidified that, no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. 
regardless of the environment you end up in. And, and it's, it's uh, knowing who you are in the moment. Mm, mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, it's not knowing who you are forever. Yeah. I think that that's another thing that starts to confuse people too. It's like knowing where you're at and what you're capable of and who you are in this, in this moment now and understanding that that can change at some point. But right now, this is the direction I want to go. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, like you were saying earlier, they get so stuck in you know, this vision of the way their career or their life is supposed to be. You know, and I feel like, you know, I've even like dated a girl who was, who was stuck in that. Like the, there's this vision of where they want to go. And then when it didn't happen or when it couldn't become what it was supposed to be, everything around it started to crumble. And then the, the, the fear comes in and it takes over and it makes everything tainted. And it's just, it, it, it's something that you have to gauge. You have to understand that, look, you're going to change. Things are going to change. People are going to change. You're going to have to change with it and constantly be aware of where you're going and constantly grow you know yeah that's so true at least for me right with my pursuit of running this nonprofit, and I do freelance work and my passion and desire has always been to make a difference in the world and because that's been my goal and something I I love to just see people's fire ignite within themselves this realization of what they're capable of of what their worth is of um, the impact the power that they have as an individual and you know it's I mean I don't know if you have this experience but at least for me sometimes it, it can become a lonely road because people don't yet grasp that you know then they don't understand quite yet um, all of these things that we've been discussing it's um it's weird but that saying of like the rise the the the, the way to the top is a is a lonely road mm-hmm. that that kind of thing like that that I, I don't know if i said that right but that that's it's very true and you know i think that's sometimes something we put on ourselves too it's not necessarily that it's always the case mm-hmm. um it's just that we in in pursuit of our goals it takes a certain level of isolation Mm -hmm. it takes a certain level of i need to worry about me and what's going on in my world and how i'm going to move and shift and do this and do that the same way you know as a young adult you know in high school they tell you to focus on your studies more than you focus on going out and partying and being social it's the same thing you know once you get into something that you really love as far as art too same thing you know and a lot of times as adults, we get into that and, you know, because, you know, we've been social and we've been doing our own thing, like it can, it can get that way, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, overcoming that and finding that balance is just something that has to, it has to be a constant, you know, work process, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I'm always alone. <laughs> yeah. Like you, the people who know me, the people that, it, it's weird because the people that I'm closest with here that I feel closest with here i i actually don't really see very often at all um the people that i i would trust with information that i wouldn't divulge to anybody i really don't see i don't even talk to very often and that's just me that's how i am i'm very just into my own thing i'm in myself i do my thing i go and teach i I have to focus on what what i'm doing here because of the way i've got life set up but a lot of times it gets like that, you know, you have to just focus on you and where you're at and, and how to move forward for yourself because nobody's going to take care of you, you know? Yeah. 
and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and you it's know? okay. And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get domesticated into these thought processes of like, it's not okay to not have friends and it's not okay to not have a social life and it's not okay to like, whatever you want to do is okay. Yeah. Anything, you just have to have moderation, you know? Yeah. It's not okay to eat everything and then end up, you know, 600 pounds and nobody, and somebody's got to take care of you, you know? Yeah, but it's yeah. not okay for you not to eat at all either, you know? Like, be healthy. Like, understand how to gauge what your body needs. Understand how to gauge what your mind needs. Understand that that is a thing and that is something you need to be conscious of. That's all, yeah. you know? And, and I feel like a lot of people... Um, forget to think about that and forget to, to, to grasp that, that, you know, we have to continue to find that as we grow and as things change in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know? That's good. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, so I wanted to ask, talk a little bit about what you've been up to, your classes, so people know for those who are in L.A., and, um, and then some things that you're looking forward to pursue in the next year, next couple years. Because for those that are listening, we are going through this coronavirus, which is the first time and you know we don't gotta get into it but it's created a shift in uh, this is like the staple you know? of our generation like this is gonna be the big event of yes. the century the first big event of the century that like history it's gonna be in history books for sure mm-hmm. um and i have to say i have to i have to mention this it's it's excuse me it's a um Right now is it's an interesting time to be alive, um, as Drake would say. What a time to be alive! Mm. Um, it is an interesting time because right now I was setting up for a teaching tour in Europe, um, and that is still in the works right now. We have to obviously reschedule everything, but that was what I was setting up for. Um, I had recently just did a bunch of shows here and there, jumping around like a chicken my head cut off, like I always do, um, in Japan, um, Saudi Arabia, and then I went to Italy. Um, and I, I taught a class out there, uh, three classes out there, and it, it weren't really amazing. Shout out to be a pro. Um, um, and um, it just was, it was phenomenal. So um, what I'm doing now is I'm reaching out to Europe um, and all the students out there who really want to learn and they don't get the experience of getting, you know, background dancers from the U.S. who dance for their favorite artists, I'm trying to give them the experience of what um, professional dance is as far as commercial dance out here and, and how to conduct themselves as professionals in the, in the dance, in, in, in rehearsal, in on job, as well as, you know, as a business. Um, so that's what I'm really venturing into now is just traveling and teaching um as well as teaching in LA um growing my brand um of choreography and um you know I've been teaching at Millennium Dance Complex Creative Minds uh hopefully soon uh I've taught at ML I've taught at Debbie Reynolds um and, uh, just before but not consistent. so I'm working on just spreading myself out as much as I can to to get to as many studios and really sharing the love of dance with everybody uh, as well as going back on tour hopefully soon. Don't know when or who, but 
hopefully <laughs> i want to go it will happen <laughs> it will yeah. happen yeah um how's it feel to have all the time in the world it doesn't feel like all the time in the world yeah and i'll tell you why I'll tell you why. And, and you know, this is me being a little bit more vulnerable. A lot of us out here, we live week to week, month to month. And so the coronavirus happening has kind of really completely offset all of our pay schedules. You know, like I said, LA is very expensive. Um, and so a lot of us weren't necessarily saving as much as we should have been before this. A lot of us weren't really, you know, we were investing in things and had plans that have been completely ruined, like my, you know, European tour. So that kind of offset everything, you know, and it made it very, it made it rough. Um, so it's, it's one of those things now where we're just trying to recoup and make things work and figure it out. Yeah, and just really quick with that being said, like for everyone who's listening, for me, I'm I'm always about supporting our community, supporting um, local businesses, supporting our friends, and um, it's challenges and difficulties like this where we need to come together as a community because yeah. it's affecting all of us in so many different ways. And although that might not look the same for everyone, it's still affecting us. And so, I, you know, it's affecting I, I everybody. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's actually really insane because I have friends who like their their parents are have big businesses that have to be shut down. Like they, they no longer can pursue their business the way that they didn't even get a chance to open their business and it's already completely closed. They won't be able to, you know, get loans or do anything that they need to do. They can't pay their employees. They can't do things like it's, it's, it's across the board, but especially for artists, for a lot of us, because we, a lot of times live paycheck to paycheck, it's, it affects us deeply because, you know, we literally like, you know, like I, I can barely drive Lyft out here right now. Like it's that crazy to where nobody's moving, nobody's doing anything. There's no money coming in, you know, rent still needs to be paid. And so it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's a, it's a hard time, you know? So I think as, as an artist community, we definitely need to, you know, pay attention to that and be and come together and not be afraid to ask for help you know absolutely it's 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 a big thing it's a big big thing and it's and it's hard i, I feel like especially being an entertainer we a lot of us have a lot of pride mm. and you know we have a facade that we want to keep and that holds a lot of people back from being able to ask, but, you know, we make it happen. And I think a lot of people just need to be, remember to be open and not be so prideful and understand we're all going through it. And those who have are willing to help, you know, some of them. <laughs> and the ones who aren't can kick rocks. That's what I yes. <laughs> like. It's like, you know, um, there know. are, <laughs> what was that? They know who they is. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, unfortunately, there are really crappy. No. The people, okay, there's people out there who don't respond in the best, right? Whether it's. There's, there's some Cersei's. I don't know if yeah, y'all there there's, there's some Cersei's <laughs> out there, you know. <laughs> the perfect way of describing Same. it. There are. Same. <laughs> Um, but, out there, you know, some Joffreys. Uh -huh. 
You just have to keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Keep it moving, remove them from your life. And yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Not not worth it to keep people around that just aren't uh, aren't willing to to give back. But <clears throat> I will say this: I, at the end of the day, I do see something in this country is happening um, in a lot of good ways, and I'm glad um, things are panning out the way they are. Because you know, I, 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 no one could predict a pandemic. You know, no one could predict how we would act. But like, you know, I'll say this for LA: LA has kept it moving. And we've been safe. Um, granted, a lot of people are out. I don't know if y'all saw Chris Brown's feed. Uh, he was driving on the highway just to go get essentials, and there was a lot of people out. It's just a lot of people in LA. There's yeah. just a lot of people who need a lot of things. So a lot of people are going to be out. We're all toppled on each on top of each other out here, no matter where you live. So <clears throat> it, it's just the the fact that everybody out here is wearing masks, wearing gloves being safe as long as people do that stay in the house as much as you can you know if you got to go do stuff i gotta drive lifts sometimes just because i need to make a little bit of extra money just so i can you know make sure i can eat like you do what you need to do but be safe you know and you'll be fine you know and i think it's great that we're all coming together and, and making that happen you know and trying to be as safe as possible even though the president's talking about some craziness right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. On a whole nother world right now. I don't know where, where that guy is. So I'm going to ask, what are some things that you, if you were to talk to yourself 13 years ago or just the, the, the people who you mentor, what are some things that you always uh, mention or that you want them to remember and stick that you've learned through your experience? Um, Does that make sense? First thing is you are you. You will always be you and no one can be you. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean that in in the best way possible. Like as an artist <clears throat> and as a person, you your creativity, what you give to this world cannot be duplicated. It cannot be replicated. It can be replicated in a lot of ways. People can try and copy it, but it can't be duplicated. No one can do exactly what you do. They have to see what you do first. And that counts for every individual that is on this earth. You feel me? So the the biggest thing I would tell an an artist or anybody who who I would mentor is that you have to own that and understand that whatever you do or whatever you put out, it's not, even if you're, you're taking a formula and you're trying to follow it, when you add you to that, no one can replicate or duplicate that. So own it and move forward with it and always carry that with you. Mm. Um, What would be the other thing? That's the main thing I would, I would tell any, any artist. And it's what I tell a lot of the people that I mentor now and that ask me, you know, they come to my classes and they're asking me how to, how to grow, um, as dancers. Um, uh, I'll say this for dance in specific. Uh, I would tell dancers to start studying music theory, mm-hmm. start really studying music. Um, there's way too many dancers right now who just want to learn how to move and don't understand that there's music playing and you actually have to know what's going on in that <laughs> in order to understand what the higher level of dance is. Um, 
and I, I love Millennium Dance Complex to death. That is my home right now. Um, but I, I see a lot of students who come from all different places all over the world. And the, the students that do well are the ones from, from overseas. And why? Because they don't have anything else but listening because they don't, they, they, they don't understand our language. <laughs> so they're they, they're hearing the music and seeing what I'm doing to the music That's interesting. versus yeah. you know not versus listening to me talk and that changes how like that's how I learn dance you know I listen and see and then I'm like articulating that versus okay this person explaining to me exactly what it is unless I've asked a question you know um and that goes with how I started too. Like I realized I had a kind of a photographic memory with dance. Um, and like, I would copy music videos because of that. Like I would literally just watch Omarion's video or Usher's video and be like, Oh, I, I know how to do all the steps exactly how they did it because I was very meticulous with how I looked at how I heard the music and how I looked at the movement and it's marrying those two. Um, but the biggest thing I see right now, as far as dancers is like, listen, just listen to the music and let your body do what you hear. Because if you don't let your body do what you hear and you don't try to hear what I'm hearing, it's, it's, it's going to look like a jumbled mess. And there's way too many dancers trying to do their own thing and hit their own beat and have their own sauce and, and vibe. And it's, no, do what I told you to do. And then your personality will come out because, like I said earlier, you are you and no one can duplicate you. Mm -hmm. You know? <clears throat> and that goes with that, you know? Yeah. Um, I have to mention really quick, that's a dope light in your setup over there. <laughs> I was oh. like, he has like this this purple pink effect going on. <laughs> you know, and I can change I it, it too. I can't change it right now. I can change the other one. I can do I can yeah. do the, the the headboard. This is my bedroom. I mean, hold on. What? That's dope. I can do that's, colors. I, I like do that. Hey. Look at that. Look at that. See, <laughs> you know, create a vibe in here. Um, no, I have a hue light, and I have a, um, I have some LED lights I just just bought from a friend on Let Go, <clears throat> and um, I just kind of I try to create the vibe in in my life. Period, just to help everything flow. So, a little little Sheikah light. I don't know if you play Legend of Zelda. A little Sheikah technology. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I don't know if I missed anything while I was gone, but did you ever hit a rock bottom? And if you oh. did hit rock bottom, Here we how go. did you end up dealing with that? Um, I've hit a few rock bottoms. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I'll be very honest about it. I've hit a few rock bottoms. My first rock bottom was... um was at the uh, the halfway mark of 2012. And I had made a lot of mistakes with the money that I had made from the movie that I had shot um, due to um, due to my own wants for um, appeasing other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up taking that money, moving to uh, Washington with uh, an ex of mine's uh, family. And um, 
it was probably one of the hardest moments of my life. Uh, but that was the first moment that I also realized that with these huge rock bottoms also come this huge reward. Um, and from that, um, what I learned and what I gained from that was a sense of discipline that I had never had. Um, because literally from the time I got there, um, and I won't explain everything, but the time I got there, we were already put in the fire. Like it was supposed to be a whole nother situation when I got there and it ended up not being that. So from there, I had to move into, um, another sense of work mode that I had never been in. Um, I was working out like three times a day um, and contacting studios constantly with my ex. And we were just, you know, trying to work together to make things work. Um, and I realized a lot about relationships. I realized a lot about myself um, as far as my work ethic and what kind of work ethic I knew I was going to need to have uh, to get ahead a, a of, you know, the people that I um, I wanted to be like and, and be in the industry with you know, or to be just on their level, you know, uh, a big help is, is understanding when you need help. Mm, yeah. And a big way I got through it was understanding that I needed to listen to, I needed to find new mentors. I needed to find a new outlet. I needed to understand that therapy is okay. <laughs> I needed to understand that, you know, listening to podcasts and, and self-help, you know, reading self-help books, like, um, I, was listening. I was listening to Eric Thomas that entire, you know, summer into that winter from about June to um, December of that year. It was all um, Eric Thomas's mixtapes, the hip hop preacher. I was listening to his mixtapes. I would wake up and run a 5K and then chill for about an hour or two, eat and do insanity. Uh, the workout program is handy and then chill for another couple hours and then go to the gym, play ball for two hours, dance for another hour, work out for an hour and then go home. So in total, I was like putting in eight hours a day towards like my body and dance as a whole. Um, and what came from that was me moving to LA at the, um, start of 2013 and immediately hitting the ground running um and i i feel like that work ethic it just showed in so many different ways it's hard to explain it um and i know that god had a big part of it too because literally when i got there a choreographer i knew that was huge in the industry already shout out to chuck Maldonado. Um, he was signed to block. He's the one who got me signed to the agency that I'm with now. And I've been with for the last seven years. Um, he was on the same flyaway bus as I was. It's a little bus that goes from, um, the airport to where I stay at, which isn't that far in normal terms, but out here, 15 miles takes 45 minutes. Oh so. my goodness. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> so... <laughs> So all y'all who are living on the East Coast, just know 15 miles out in L.A. is not I've a been there, I know, trust me. <laughs> not a game. But yeah, no, it was just one of those things where like, you know, coming out of that kind of work ethic and understanding that into this was um, a huge change and it, and, it, and it really helped me understand that work ethic is everything. Not being a victim is everything. Um, and understanding that your circumstances and you have, you, you have to take charge of your life 
you have to grasp your life and take it by the reins and understand that sometimes you're going to have to make the hard decision of not, you know, being able to bring people with you, understanding you have to do certain things alone in order to help those people later on, mm. you know, and that's, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. And, and I feel like a lot of people feel like they lose their loyalty because of that. But it's like, to me, at the end of the day, if, if the loyalty is, is worth holding on to, that person will understand or will, and, and will support you in what you really want to do. And if they can't at least support it in a way that's positive, then it's, it's disingenuous and it's toxic anyway, you know? So I went through that, through that period, um, dealing with, um, a relationship that I felt was, I started to realize was toxic as well as a situation in my life that was a rock bottom that I realized I was doing a lot of toxic things. Um, and that was my first time hitting rock bottom. Second time hitting rock bottom was actually not that long ago. Um, and <clears throat> I can open up about this now because shit's different. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, about a, a year or two ago, um, not, yeah, it was about two years ago now. Wow. Um, I got out of a relationship and I just had realized I had found myself back in that toxic place that I didn't want to be in, you know, and that is something that hurt even more um, because, you know, having already gone through the rock bottom moment, it was kind of like, you know, you shouldn't be here. You know better than this. Like, why are you allowing yourself to act this way? Why are you allowing yourself to fall back into this hole, into this person that you know you don't need to be? And that took some time to reroute my brain into understanding, like, hey, it's okay that you feel this way, but you need to continue moving, yeah. you know? Uh, again, like I said, every rock bottom has a silver lining. And for me, this time, it was more so of, like, an understanding of who I am beyond everything else. Like, it's like, I knew who I was throughout that process, but it's been constant growth. Mm. And I, since then, have gained such a broader sense of what is happening in my career as well as what has already happened that now it's like I feel... I feel like I've gained this, another superpower. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. From that, you know. But the biggest thing I can say about hitting those rock bottoms is understanding that you are not defined by that rock bottom. Yeah. You're absolutely. defined by what you do about it. Absolutely. You know, you hit this mark because you made this mistake or you just happened to have these unfortunate circumstances happen in your life at this time. And, you know, whatever it is, it's up to you to get out of that mm -hmm. and nobody else. It's nobody else's fault. It's nobody else's thing. You have to be, you have to own yourself as a human being and understand it's, it's all up to you. And if you don't, take yourself out of a victim type of mentality if you don't take yourself you don't pick yourself up and say i'm gonna work my butt off to whatever i have to do to get out of it you know like you're you're never you're gonna stay stuck in the same place and repeating the same cycle yeah. and going to you know and defeating yourself 
you know. Last year I was working a nine to five for about four or five months and nobody knew that, you know, because I kept working as a dancer in the in-between. You know, whenever I had an opportunity, whenever somebody called, I did this gig with Megan Trainer or this gig with Jason Derulo. But in, in between of that, I was, you know, working nine to five at a, a marketing company, as a sales company, you know, to make sure that I could stay afloat just as much as, you know, do whatever. And that kind of changed my hustle. I changed how I, I approach life in general as an entrepreneur because now it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, there's no time for you to chill. Like, you know, if we all want to live good at this point, at, at where America is now, we have to hustle. And it shouldn't be like that, but it is. So mm-hmm. you got to keep moving, you know? And if you don't keep moving, the moment you start to get stagnant, that's when you let somebody else take your place or you let things slip by you that you could have had but maybe it wasn't meant for you because you were going through this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I couldn't have said it any better. Right? <laughs> Seriously. Amazing. I was like, damn, that was, was like, good. Right now. I was like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I like, got this too. everything in my mind right now. <laughs> Been through some stuff, okay? <laughs> some stuff is things. <laughs> some stuff is things, and it changed me in weight. That's so crazy. No, that was good. That was awesome. Seriously. Thank you. Even with myself, like, if I never hit rock bottom, I don't think I would be the same person that I am today. Yeah. I think that if people just take the time to go with the feelings and, like you said, not put blame on the other person, own own what you did as well, you know? Uh, you eventually have to just go with the feeling and accept your feelings as they come, but let it go and move on. Yep. And everybody's rock bottom is different. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing too. It's like somebody's rock bottom could be completely not financial. It could be just no, it doesn't mental, have to be that. emotional, it be anything. It could be anything, you know, like mine happened to be everything all at once. So, <laughs> but like a lot of people, like it ends up being like, it could be just one thing. It could just be like your, your relationship life is, is destroyed. You, you know, you lose your, both your parents, you know, um, I've had friends who did like, they break down because of that. That's a rock bottom. Like to Absolutely. me, a rock bottom moment where like you you feel like you have nothing you know and and there's not there's nowhere to go but up and i think that's the the beauty of a rock bottom you know is that you literally have nowhere to go but up from this place so you have no time to think about where you're at because if you do then you're just going to sit there you're going to sit at the bottom of this hole that you've you've gotten yourself you found yourself in and you're just going to rock you know, and the longer you sit there, the harder it gets to dig your way out, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you can realize, hey, I'm in this rock bottom, you can own your mistakes and you can own own what you do and you can own the fact that you're in this place and, and in a humble way, get yourself up and be like, look, I'm the shit. I can do this. You know, like I, I, I got to figure this out and, and take the L and take your pride and throw it away and say, OK, I'm going to go get this job. I'm going to work this way and I'm going to do that and blah, 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 blah. You know, again, I'm that kid who took five hundred dollars, you know, his last five hundred bucks and moved to L.A. because that's all I had, even though I had already done a movie, and you know, made like 40 grand in three months off of that. Like, 
that that happens you know people don't just the entertainment industry doesn't just you know it's not like you just pop up one day and you're making millions of dollars it's not like i uh, because i dance for chris brown i you know i'm driving a mercedes that's not how it works you feel me like not not everybody gets to stay on all the time you know not not everybody's working like that you know and a lot of times you work on a one-off or you do this one tour and that's it you know it's no shade it's not that we're not homies it's not that like I can't go to this man's house whenever he's having a party or something. If the gang is there, it's just like, you know, but I wouldn't just call him out of nowhere and be like, yo, Chris, what's up? Like, that's my boss too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I probably could, but it's not, it's not like that. Like people have to understand the industry is just, it's weird and it's fickle and it, it, it takes a lot of balance. It takes, it takes a lot of different elements to, to get through, you know, and it's, it's, it's a journey and you have to enjoy the process, not the reward, you know? Yeah. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. Cause once you get that reward, that's about five seconds. You get to celebrate that for about a week. Exactly. <laughs> after that, it's like, okay, where's my next check coming from? You have to make the best of it yeah. while you're doing it. Exactly. Make the best of it during the process. That's why, again, with with what we were talking about earlier, it's like, be happy with what you do. If you're happy with what you do, I remember the first time I heard that, like, in, um, what's the name? I think it was listening to College Dropout, you know? Oh, yeah. Listening to that album, I just was like, there's so many people out here who don't enjoy what they do, and they're sitting here miserable killing themselves at this job or whatever. Um, I think it also comes from watching my parents go through that. Um, because my mom, you know, she, you know, she's, she still works for Mass Mutual now and she loves accounting. But at the time she had a boss that was there, um, that was just driving her crazy, you know, and it wasn't a good situation for her. And she ended up leaving and starting her own business. And I saw a completely different shift in her. Yeah. And, you know, realized then I was just like, you know, I, I she, she'll still remind me to this day. There was a moment where I was just like, I just want to see you happy at like eight years old. I was, I was just like, I just want to see you happy because I could tell how unhappy she was. Mm-hmm. And that made her shift, you know, and that's always kind of just been my mentality. It's like, let's be happy, you know, mm-hmm. screw the money, screw all this other stuff. Let's, let's be happy. Let's figure it out. And, and, and enjoy our lives and not hate them be smart but find a way to enjoy what you do because mm-hmm. otherwise you're wasting years of your life sitting around doing something for somebody else that's not benefiting you and that you're gonna look back on and be like why did i do that yeah, yeah. That's so true i think especially because all the other things that you were mentioning are temporary. They come and go, right? Money comes and goes, houses, mm-hmm. pe- you know, people lose their homes, their businesses, friends, relationships. But if if you can get to a place where you can just genuinely be happy with yourself and where you're at, then no one can take that away from you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like... No one can uh, take away your joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes for relationships. That goes for... Mm-hmm you know, your jobs, everything. Mm -hmm. No one can take away your joy, but you, Mm -hmm. you have the decision to be happy in whatever moment, you know, 
Yeah. And I think that that a lot of times we get we we forget that and then we get lost in whatever we're doing or whatever job this is, whatever relationship we're in. A lot of times relationship that 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 that's a big one. It's, it's been a big one for me. It's like you get lost in trying to be something for somebody else and you forget yeah. you got to be happy and you think, "Oh, I'm making this person happy and that makes me happy." And it's like no. What what do you want to do? If you didn't want to do that, then why'd you do it? Oh, you did it for this person, but did it really make you happy at the end of the day? No, because you had a terrible time the whole time you did it. <laughs> so that in sounds what way terrible. You, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and happiness is a choice. I, I think people happiness don't realize that. Yeah, it's, no, it's like I've gotten caught up in that. I'm a giver. I, I really am. When I'm in a relationship, I'm a giver. So I've gotten caught up in that, like giving too much and then making someone feel like oh, well, he, he, you know, wants this and wants that. And then you get stuck in it. You get stuck in the cycle of like, okay, cool. Well, I'm trying, I'm, you're trying to create the happiness instead of just being happy. Yeah. When in reality, it's just like, you do what makes you happy. If you're not ready for a relationship, just say you're not ready for a relationship. You probably could be happy anyway, because you just said it. <laughs> Y'all can just do what you do and move on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but like, (laughs) just be yourself in the relationship. You don't have to go out of your way to try and impress somebody else. Mm -hmm. Just be you. If they accept you, they accept you. If they don't, then like they say, bye. (laughs) Be a better version of yourself. Be fly for you, and you're good. And and too, right, to say as well, like what, I'm 31 years old, single, no kids, and with the culture that we were brought up in, it's like, what, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had people be like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what's up? (laughs) And it's just like, you you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) It makes us three. All three of us. But it's like, no, it's okay. Like, I am, I've never been happier ever in my life. Just understanding the kind of person I am, what I want to pursue, having been able to do so many things that I've wanted to do. Yet, so many people have a difficult time with that because culture says, oh, well, you should be married by this age. And Mm -hmm. if you're not doing A, B, and C, if you're not married with kids and this nine to five job, then you're dysfunctional, you're broken, something is wrong with you. Yeah. And And it's, you know, I think that that comes from the stigma of there is one lifestyle and only Mm -hmm. one lifestyle to to live. Mm -hmm. And I get it. There needs to be structure in everyone's lifestyle however that structure has many 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 different ways of being put together yeah and i feel like certain religions certain cultures certain people they get too wrapped up in that to the point where it's just like you can't accept the fact that somebody isn't doing what you're doing and enjoying their life Mm. you know and then people get jealous Cause then they're like, Oh, well, I want, I would want to do that, but I chose to do this. And so is this right? Or is this right? And it's just like, there's no wrong or right here. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a wrong or right. There's, there's no wrong or right. I'm an artist. I've chosen to be an artist. I'm kind of a vagabond, <laughs> kind of a nomad. That's how my life works. I can't, you know, what's the point of creating a relationship while I'm on a tour? Yeah. If I'm going to be in a different city every night, 
and not see who I'm going to be with every, but every what, two months for maybe two weeks to three weeks. What is the point of doing so? You know, unless I'm on tour with that person, you know, what is, what is the point of, of allowing myself to, to get wrapped up in somebody else's life that I'm not going to be as much of a part of as I want to be, mm. you know, or I could be for them because that's a difficult situation and you have to find a specific type of person who's willing to deal with that. Cause most people are like, I want you here all the time. You should be here with me. <laughs> if I could, <laughs> Most people, not everybody, but most people are like, I want you here. You know, when I need you, you need to be here, you know? And on top of that, you want to be, you want to need to be there for the person that you care about, whether it's like, oh, you guys live together or, oh, you live separate. Like, if they need something, you want to be able to go to the grocery store and get them, you know, cough syrup, (laughs) you know? So it creates a different vibe. It creates a different energy. I feel like as artists, a lot of times we have a harder time creating longer lasting relationships and finding the one because we have to find a very specific thing. We have to find a specific person that can deal with our specific brand of life because it's different. It's just different, you know, and it's not wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I'm so excited about this conversation with you. <laughs> um, no, we're having it. I, I, I love these moments to speak out and yeah. express this because yeah. I feel like it doesn't get out enough and again that goes with me teaching dance like there's a lot of information that people just don't know and i want to inspire people to just be the best versions of themselves period end story like I love you come to my dance class it's it's me inspiring you to be the best version of yourself the entire time not just teaching you a bunch of dance steps i'm not in here just like oh well you gotta hit this no i'm not a drill sergeant like that i just want you to try your hardest and if you want to come back keep trying your hardest to do this and i'm going to give you all the tools you need you have to continue to be the best version of yourself to get there yeah because that's that's how i got there you know literally i just kept trying to be the best version of myself every day for years and i finally got on tour with chris brown yeah you know and um so speaking of that where can people find you um you can find me on um on instagram the real aj t-h-e-r-e-a-l-a-j-a-y-e again that last part is a-j-a-y-e i can't stress that enough because people (laughs) always mix that up it's ajaye okay guys Ajaye. Like Kanye, but a job. All right. Um, yeah, Instagram is the real A J A Y E. Um, TikTok A J Skeen. That's A J A Y E S K E E N E. Um, you can find me in L A. I teach at Millennium Dance Complex, um, Creative Minds, um, and uh, I, hopefully I'll be on your TV screen again sometime soon. So make sure you watch out all the award shows. Uh, concerts that are going on some somewhere I'll be somewhere hidden in the back like where's Waldo (laughs) (laughs) or maybe in the front you never know you might see me just giving you the eye from way back somewhere (laughs) I know I get hyped like every time I see you just with everything you do no matter how big or small I'm like hey there he is you know because it's it's just it's dope to see the people that I know that I have as friends that I care about in my community just really um, 
just doing what they love. And so it's cool to see you doing that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I appreciate y'all for showing me love and, you know, having me on here today to talk and everything is, it, it means a lot to me to be able to give and to be able to, to speak out. So I hope, I hope somebody's inspired by what they heard today. And, you know, that if not like, Apology, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's tradition as well. When we're wrapping up, um, I we usually always say, if no one were to listen to anything but this moment right here, what would you want them to remember or take with them? Okay, say it again one more time. Yeah, it's okay. So if, <laughs> if, <laughs> one more time. All right. So if, <laughs> if um, no one were to listen to any of the interview except for this these couple minutes of the interview, what would you want them um, or to remember if they don't remember anything else but this moment right now? Trust yourself and know yourself. Yeah. That's the best thing I can I can say. Out of everything that we talked about, like the biggest thing that I, I want to stress is trusting yourself, trusting your gut, trusting your instincts, trusting what you feel, and knowing yourself. Because those two things will always um and oh yeah, and one more thing to go with that, be honest with yourself and be true. Um Trust yourself, know yourself, be honest, and be true. Because no matter what you do that, you will always find a way to bring honor to yourself, bring honor to your family, and um, honor to the people around you and the community, and, and, and be willing to be open and give. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Speechless. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> I say all that and I'm like, turn up. <laughs> Can then, we hear you sing? <laughs> Can we hear you sing? Can you hear me sing? Can we hear you sing? Um, I guess so. Yeah, you know, I like being put on. The I um, love music, so <laughs> you have to sing it? now. I don't know what I what I don't know what I should say. Dang, um, what should I say? Okay, I got one. It's an old one. Rise, you might. I like oldies. Might 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 have heard heard me sing this once. Um, <clears throat> Girl, I'm in love with you. This ain't the honeymoon. Past the infatuation phase. Right in the thick of love. Times we get sick of love. Seems like we argue every day. I know I misbehaved and you made your mistakes and we both still got room left to grow. And though love sometimes hurts, I still put you first and we'll make this thing work. But I think we should take it slow with ordinary people. Seriously? <laughs> we don't know which way to go because we're ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Take it slow. Oh, 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 oh. 
this time we'll take it slow. Take it slow. Whoa. This time we'll take it slow. That's so crazy that you picked that song. Thank you for You're really that good, out of by me. the way. I haven't done that in a while. Thank you. You're really good. Appreciate it. You know, I'm 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 exploring writing now. Um and trying to figure out what to do with that and especially you know being the dancer i am collaborating like mixing that and finding my sound and mm. trying to figure that out so hopefully that uh, works out at some point <laughs> if not i want to put it on the next big thing um which you know i have a few artists that are, are the homies that are are rising very very quickly and have been rising for a while so i definitely want to at least choreograph for them if not write some music for them so Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens you will i that believe that's awesome yeah hey, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to chat with us and and share some freaking nuggets i'm like dang <laughs> this is good <laughs> here, okay? yeah. <laughs> are you surprised i didn't ask you to dance instead <laughs> uh, you know what <laughs> a little bit but that's okay in this room right now <laughs> i got no space to do nothing i'll just be sitting here like <laughs> Just all this nonsense. <laughs> I know there's a music video coming out. We shot that right before the pandemic happened. Excuse me again. Right, right before everything shut down in LA, we shot that. There's a music video coming out. Um, I don't know. I don't have the name of the song because it's it's unreleased, obviously. So um, be on the lookout for a music video. Tony Braxton. Um, that is also where you can find me. Um, shout out to uh, Rosero McCoy and Shell Soulchild. They uh, put together a really, really great team, and they've been uh, where I've been working with them for the last, you know, few months, and they've been absolutely amazing. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to see how this comes out and all the shots and stuff. So yeah. make sure y'all tune in for that, you know, and hopefully some more stuff throughout the year once things become normal again and we can all go to concerts and have a good time yeah. <laughs> can't wait for that i know <laughs> twiddling our thumbs like ah, guys, <laughs> i just guys i just wanna can i please go out the house now <laughs> oh gosh well thank you thank you thank you and we'll definitely do this again very soon Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed my interview with AJ as much as I did. Uh, as always, you can message me. Leave me some comments, some feedback, um, some suggestions as to what else you would like to hear. Uh, the rest of this uh, year is going to be a little funky and a little different. So I'm going to be exploring different things to upload on the podcast. But um, I hope you enjoyed and follow us healing broken hearts project instagram facebook all that good stuff and um, but even if you don't honestly i just appreciate you all for taking the time to listen and uh, to hear one other person's story in this journey we call life uh, thanks again love you guys